against me. Are you guys ready to have fun today? Yeah. Woo! Yeah, I love it. Hey, happy Father's Day to all the men in the house. Happy Father's Day to everyone watching online. This is the dad. Can we just give all the dads a great big round of applause? Thank you so much, dad. For not just fathering children, but for being a father in their lives to lead, to guide, and to instruct them. Hey, if you're a guest here today, let me tell you how all this is working before we get much further in the service. We're social distancing. We've got the rows spread out in here, you know. And I know a lot of our church family is still watching online, playing it safe. Just want to say, Pastor, to you guys, I love y'all. So glad that you're tuning in this morning. But for you guys that are here, just in case you've got a small child with you, because we have not been able to open up our nursery yet, but that's changing. Next week, for our one-year anniversary celebration for being in this building, we're going to kick our nursery ministry back off again here at Eastgate Church. I know... A lot of moms are happy about that. I know a lot of you people online are excited about that too because I know that's been a big consideration and you being able to get here and be a part of what's happening here on campus. So we're going to get that going. There will be some guidelines that we're going to have to follow. So when you get here next week, uh, our trained nursery workers led by Miss Kathy in the back, back there, Miss Kathy, give everybody a hand. Hey, hey, let's give Miss Kathy a hand for everything that she's been doing and is doing for our church. We love you, ladies. She's been working behind the scenes helping Pastor Kelly with a lot of the videos that have been coming out for E-Kids, which, by the way, those things are stinking awesome, aren't they? E-Kids, you're doing a great job putting out those videos. Um, parents that are here today, in case your child gets a little restless, we know little children do sometimes, and sometimes big children do too, uh, get a little restless and want to make a little bit of noise. If you need to take them out to give them a break, from service today because we know we're all piled up in here old school like one big happy family the way it was before children's ministry existed and all of that stuff uh, we have some quiet zones set up over in our next generation room which is through these doors over here to my right uh, I guess that would be your left you go out these doors and then um, down the hallway by the bathrooms and we have little safe zone or quiet zones set up where you can take your children they can catch their breath calm down a little bit and you can still watch the live stream of the service in there and not miss what's happening. So that's available for you in the house today. We thought about you parents, okay? So while we can't have children's ministry, we're trying to take considerations to make sure that uh, your kids are taken care of. It's Father's Day though. It is Father's Day. Why are you excited, Josh? Because I'm a father. Today's my day. Uh, all the fathers in the house, happy Father's Day. All the men in the house, can I just go a step further? I know it's Father's Day, but can we just declare this National Man Day too? Can we do that? All the men in the house, let me hear you go. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to have some fun today. Father is an incredibly important role. It's an incredibly important role. Um, a father carries many responsibilities. Father wears many hats, as it were. Father has many roles. And what we want to do today is have a little bit of fun, but I want to talk to you about some of the roles. Not all of the roles, because that's a pretty long list, but I want to talk to you about some of the major roles that a father has in the house as a husband and as a father, uh, and, and cover those bases today to help grow us, sharpen us a little bit, and encourage us today, guys, uh, because I know like you, I can say that I can always get a little bit better at serving my family, 
and being the man that God has called me to be. And as we leave today, I hope we're all just a little bit closer to God and a little bit sharper in our relationship with him. Amen? All right, so let's cover some of these roles that a father has to fill in the home. And I think uh, the first role is an incredibly important role. I think uh, a father is first a student. And I brought some awesome little illustrations today. Oh, yeah. Oop. Got to get this hat on. See, it's a lot trickier than it looks, graduates, to put these jokers on. A father's a student, a student of all things. Um, most importantly, a father is a student of life. But the deal with life is this. You don't really ever graduate from being a student of life, do you? You don't really ever graduate from being a student of the things that God wants to show you and teach you along the way. You just continue to learn and grow as you go. And a father can be a student of a lot of different things, though, not just life. But I think as a father, we're called to be students of our children. There's a lot to learn from our kids, and there's a lot to learn about our kids. Amen? I don't know about how it works in your home, but my kids, I love them. They are beautiful, but they are polar opposites in so many different ways. You know, then they're incredibly strong personalities. And as a father, if I want to be able to speak into their lives and help them grow into the women that God has called them to be, it's important for me to take the time to study them and to learn about them because they're very unique. And uh, like Abby, <laughs> my youngest one, Abby, she, she came up to me uh, the other day and she goes, hey, Daddy, you want to play a game? And I said, yeah, let's play a game. And she goes, okay, great, let's play this. I'll be the little girl and you be the grown-up and you go get me a snack. I'm like, really? Yeah, so I got that one that I'm dealing with. You know, Abby's so funny. She's, she's so strong-willed, and she's, um, she's got a lot of leadership characteristics and traits in her. And then I got my daughter, Hannah, who has such a tender heart, but she's got a strong leadership vein that runs in her, too. And I'll never forget one time, I was, <laughs> I was in the bathroom, and Hannah was really young, and we were in the middle of potty training her at the time. You know, so you celebrate everything when you're potty training the kids. And so I was in there doing what you do in the bathroom. Y'all don't need all the details on that. But I saw a little hand under the door. And then I heard, pop, pop, pop. Daddy, yeah, what you doing? <laughs> Building a rocket. What do you think I'm doing in here? Yes. <laughs> going potty. And then she goes, are you going poo-poo? I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. And then she just took it and she went, Good job. Good job, Daddy. Good job going poo-poo. I'm so proud of you. Good job, you know. It's just funny what the things that kids do that you can't do to adults. You can't do that to your workers, uh, your coworkers, you know, at work. And people walk out of the bathroom and be like, good job. Or, you know, if Lance Harris to walk out of the bathroom here at the church, we can't line up and go, good job. Good job pooping, Lance. Good job. You can't do that. And kids can get away with that, though. But it's important for us as fathers to be students of our children. And if you're married and you're a father, it's important to be a student of your wife. Uh, I don't know that you ever graduate from being a student of your wife. Um, and that's a good thing, though. 
But as, as husbands, we've got to make sure that we're putting in the work to learn what our wives like and don't like. Okay? Uh, not every woman loves to get flowers. And if you're married to a woman and you're giving her flowers and you're giving her gifts, but she's not a gift and a flower person, that's not going to work well for you. What she's going to do is look at you and say, hey, this is great, but what I really want is to see you doing some dishes. What I really want is to see you running a vacuum cleaner. Forget about a six-carat diamond. Let me walk in and have you surprise me by cleaning the house, having dinner on the table, and the kids already in bed so that we can have some little date night time. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that, you got to make sure that you're studying your wife and that you know how to speak her love language. We have to be students of our wives. You know, me and my wife, Kelly, we're so different. And uh, it's funny, like, as you progressively grow and get closer to a person like you have these little revelations along the way where you kind of fall in love with them all over again but then you like see them in a new light and learn something about them that you really hadn't picked up on before and kelly and i we communicate in two completely different ways now you husbands probably relate to that you know with your wife we communicate in two completely different ways i say a few words she says a lot of words you know like if i was going to communicate with somebody, it'd be like two people playing ping pong. There'd be one ball, pow, pow, going back and forth across the table, and that's a good picture of how I would communicate. One focus, one train of thought, okay? Just talking. Y'all are laughing because, you know, it's not just me, is it? It's not just me. So we, one point, we're going to stick to it, and I'm going to get out what I've got inside of me. We're going to communicate, you know? Kelly is a lot different, though. I was talking to her, and she said, oh, this is so true. This is how I am. It's so funny. Like, instead of one ping pong ball, Kelly's like, like have y'all ever watched, like, the lottery thing on TV <laughs> where they got the big box with all the ping pong balls bouncing around in it with all the numbers on them, you know, and they're just all over the place, all connected together, and eventually they shoot down a tube and they all pop out, you know, and you're going to end up with five numbers or seven numbers. It's going to be the lottery number. That's how my wife communicates. All those ping pong balls are bouncing around, and eventually one of them is going to randomly shoot up and come down the tube and be right there, and we're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to think we're talking about dinner and dinner's great, dinner's good, and the next thing you know, we're going to be talking about how she had chicken with her family when she was 12 years old at this restaurant, and how awesome that was, and what a great memory that was, and then that's going to remind her of a friend that she had when she was 12, and she's going to start talking about friends and just bounce around, and it's all connected, but there's a lot of ping pong balls in that communication line. Guys, can you relate to that? Ladies, can you relate to that? very different so we've got to be students of our wives you know um, life children and wives but of all the things that we're called to be students of as fathers I think the most important thing for us to be a student of is to be a student of the word of God to be a student of God's word to make sure that we're getting the main thing right in our lives so that we can be the example to our families that God has called us to be, so that we don't raise our kids to be successful in life but to lose their souls at the very end of it because we didn't stick close to the book. God's called us to be students 
of the Word of God. I think maybe a, a better way to, to say that would be that God has called us as fathers first to be disciples. He's called us to be disciples first. Genesis chapter 18, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up or tablets. Uh, scroll with me on Genesis 18. I think all the notes for today's message is uh, loaded up on the Uversion Bible app also, so you can follow along there as well. Genesis 18, verse 18. So since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, look at this, for I have known him. Guys, fathers, would it be a true statement be said of you that God knows you and that you know God? Not that he knows of you, but that he knows you. Now, I know of a lot of people. I know of a lot of football players. I know of a lot of leaders. But I know very few people in a close way. Because you got to spend time with them to get to know them. And I might celebrate for touchdowns, but I couldn't tell you the quality of the character of the person that scored that touchdown. But I can tell you the quality of the character of the people that I let be in my inner circle as friends. And I can tell you the character of the woman that I married. Because I'm close to her and I spend time with her. Can it be said of us men that God knows us? And that's incredibly important because I want you to see how this verse progresses. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him. And knowing God is a qualifier for what happens after that. In other words, he can't command his children or his household he can't keep it in order if he doesn't first know God and God doesn't first know him. It has to start there. It has to start with our knowledge of the word of God and our relationship with God. Guys, if we don't get anything else right in life, let's get this thing right. Amen? Let's point our families toward God. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Guys, it's important for us to be students of the word of God so that we can teach the word of God to our family, so that we can be the example in our homes of what a relationship with God is supposed to look like. Okay, Men, listen to me. I want to challenge you. Every man in this place, every father in this place, every father watching online, listen. Be the example in your home. Open up the word of God at home. Teach your kids the word of God. Come to church. Sit up in the front. Lift up your hands in worship. Give in the offering. Say amen. Set an example. Be a man of God and lead your family towards him. See, it's hard for us to teach something, though, that we haven't got a grasp of it. How can we teach something that we haven't learned as men? How can we give our family something that we haven't paid the price to obtain ourselves? We've got to study the Word of God so that we can pour the Word of God into our family. John 8, verse 31 through 32, Jesus lays it out just about as plain as it can get. Jesus is talking to a group of Jews. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, 
you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. The litmus test of whether or not we are disciples of Christ, men and women, wives and, and, and husbands, mothers and fathers, kids in this room, students in this room, it isn't whether or not we go to church, it's whether or not we abide in his word, whether or not we dwell in his presence. That word abide means that we dwell that we stay there, that we're fixed there, that it's not just a place that we come to occasionally, but it's where we stay for the long haul. It means that we don't live our lives in such a way that God's a 911 call that we, we dial and call for an emergency when we need help. It means that he is a constant rock that we have built our lives on, that we abide in his word. So men, let's make sure, let's make sure that we're setting the example and that fathers that were being a student of life, of our family, of our children, of our wives, but most importantly, of the Word of God, so that we can be the example that God's called us to be. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, the other thing that I see is an important role for a father is that a father is in construction. Whoo, son. Father is in construction. I brought some tools with me today. Oh, yeah. Can I get the men to give me a little grunt and go, ha, 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 Man, we are constantly fixing things. Which, by the way, women and wives, listen to me. I'll speak for all the men in this room today. When your husband tells you that he's going to fix something, he's going to fix it. There's no need to remind him every three or four months that it needs to be done. Eventually, he's going to get around to it, okay? He's going to do it. It's on his list. He hasn't forgot about it. There's just been a few things that have popped up, you know. So I got some tools here. Got the drills. And got some measuring tapes because it's important. I've got a Fat Max 30-foot tape. Why? Because I don't carry no sissy measuring tapes. I got a man's measuring tape that I carry around in my bag. You know, I've ooh, cool. A bunch of power tools here this morning. I love this. How often do you get to bring power tools into church like this? I love this. And you know what? My tools are dirty. You know why? Because I use them to do stuff. Got a little skill saw. Do not be deceived. This joker right here can cut some lumber. I love it. And I've got in this bag, though, what I think is the perfect tool for every man, duct tape. Duct tape. Can I get an amen from the men in the house this morning? You guys watch it online. Duct tape. You can fix anything with duct tape. I'm telling you right now. And you know what's awesome? If someone's talking too much, you can really fix anything with duct tape. I wish they made duct tape for social media right now. My goodness gracious, that'd be awesome. You can fix anything with duct tape, though. You know, it's a, it's a handyman's number one tool. And I don't want to just tell you you can fix stuff with duct tape. I want to show you some of the stuff that you can fix with duct tape. I brought some photos to show you this morning. Look at this. And you got a problem with your car? That's no problem. A little bit of duct tape goes a long way. Check out this next one. 
Now, you got a, a post broken in the city, and there's no problem. A little bit of tape goes a long way. You can get those light posts all fixed up and repaired. Check out this one. Couch is falling apart. Duct tape, baby. Duct tape will fix it, I guarantee you. <laughs> I don't want to think about how that feels on a hot day when you're sitting on that thing and it grabs your legs the wrong way, but it looks good, right? Uh, check this one out. Shoes falling apart. <laughs> Duct tape, baby. It's there to save the day every time. Check this one out. I don't know how I'd feel if I was looking out the window of an airplane and I saw that. But, hey, more power to them. I'd probably get off that flight, though, in a hurry. <laughs> uh, duct tape can be used for a lot of stuff, though. Check this out. You're going camping. You got a problem with your camper? Duct tape, baby. There's no limit to what you can do with duct tape. And we got this one. Mailbox. I'm pretty sure this is the picture of Dave Varney's mailbox. I'm not sure, but I think it might be. Mailbox is falling apart. Duct tape works every time. Fixes every problem. Fixes every problem. Uh, and then here's something that a lot of people might not know. Duct tape, a roll of duct tape is just about the perfect size to be a holder for your coffee cup or your thermos. So listen, you came to church thinking you're going to get just a sermon. I'm giving you some life hacks today too, man. I'm helping you out more ways than one. A roll of duct tape can help you out in a big way. I don't know that I would recommend using duct tape for this next one though, but if you're in a spot, more power to you. Maybe duct tape doesn't work for everything. All right, but duct tape is a great solution for a lot of problems. Everybody say duct tape. Duct tape. Everybody online say duct tape. I think I heard you. I'm not 100% sure. Duct tape can fix a lot of stuff, and it's a handy tool to have. But here's the deal with duct tape. Duct tape is only a temporary solution. Duct tape is great for a quick fix. And if your bumper's falling off your car, you can use duct tape to put your bumper back in place and hold it on. But sooner or later, if you want to fix the problem and really fix the problem, you're going to have to fix the problem. Guys, I want to encourage you today, all right, as we're constructing our homes, don't reach for the duct tape all the time. Don't have duct tape over every area in your family because you're throwing temporary solutions on the things that you should be approaching in a permanent solution way. I think a lot of our homes across the country are covered with duct tape. Because, guys, we're, we tend to be focused on one thing at a time, and we quickly rip off the tape, and we put duct tape on a problem in our marriage because we got to go to work. We take duct tape, and we put it on an issue because we don't know how to connect with our children the way that we would want to. So we got duct tape on our marriage, duct tape with the children, duct tape at the job, duct tape with the issues at home. You know, And if we're not careful, we can put off a lot of things that we should be resolving. Guys, I want to tell you, don't run from the problems in your marriage. Don't run from the problems with your children. Don't run from the problems in your home. Step up to the plate, rip the duct tape off, and be the construction worker God's called you to be and get to work fixing and repairing the damage in your home. Okay? Don't run from it or hide from it. Deal with it. Const and, and correct it. You know, I, 
I was thinking about this. You know, in the home, if you think about it, God is like the architect. The architect is going to design on a set of blueprints what a building is supposed to look like with all the detail, all the specs drawn out. The house is built on paper before it's built in real life because the architect draws it all out. God is the architect, and he's given us the blueprint of his word. Men, it's our job to get in there and do the construction in the home to build it up according to the blueprint that the architect has given us. Amen? Amen. So we've got the game plan that God wants us to follow. It's incredibly important that we take the time to get into the Word of God, to be the example that He's called us to be, so that we can build our home, so that we can raise our children into the beautiful people that God has called them to be, so that we can speak life and build our marriage up into the beautiful marriage that God has called it to be. So, so that when people look at our homes, men, we have done our job as the head of the home to put in the work to build up our family and our homes in such a way as that it mirrors the blueprint that the architect has given us. And there's no shortcuts on that. Okay? I want to encourage you, don't duct tape your way around. Follow the blueprint that God has given us to build our homes and to build our families. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 6. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. See, we're supposed to continually be putting the Word of God in front of our family to help lead and guide them, men. Look at this. I, I want to I give this to you again. The commandments that God gives us are supposed to be on our hearts to impress on our children. In other words, to, to teach our children, to instruct our children with, to, to, to lead by example with our children, to... He says to talk about them. Look at this now. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That pretty much covers all day, I think. All day, all the time. Guys, we're supposed to constantly be finding ways to bring our family back to the Word of God, to bring our family back to the blueprint that God has given us to build our homes on. Let's make sure that as men, okay, that we're students, that we're students of the word, but we are the construction workers that God has called us to be to build up our family according to the blueprint that he's given us in his word. Amen? All right, here's another role that I think is incredibly important for a father to operate in. Are y'all having fun this morning? It's a little bit. All right, here's another role that I think is incredibly important for a father to operate in. A father is a sheriff. Oh, yeah. Man, my wife Kelly told me I look good in this hat. I don't know if it's because I look goofy in this hat, and she thought she told me I look good so I'd wear it so she could laugh at me quietly. I don't know. I'm wearing a sheriff's hat. Because a father... 
supposed to operate in a position of authority in the home. Now, a sheriff's job is to uphold the laws of the town or the territory that he's in. It's a father's job to make sure that we uphold the law of the word of God in our home. Now, I'm wearing this sheriff's hat, and I'm looking at some of y'all wearing masks over your faces right now. Y'all look kind of like outlaws. And I'm the sheriff, and I'm coming after the outlaws this morning. It's going to be fun. Uh, sheriffs chase the outlaws out of town. They monitor the activity, and they set up parameters to, to ensure security and safety in the town that they're in charge of. A father operates the same way. Listen to me, Dad. Be careful what you allow into your homes. Be careful what you allow into your homes. Be careful what you entertain yourself with. Be careful what kind of attitudes you allow to exist in your children. Because as a father, listen, you're called, you're called to uphold the standard of the word of God in your home. I hear a lot of men complain about behavior from their children. I hear a lot of men complain about attitudes they get from their children. And I get it sometimes kids are just going to be kids. But listen to me, at the end of the day, guys, you are the one that upholds the standard or the law in your home. Those attitudes exist because you allow them to exist. Don't let rebellion exist in your home because you're too lazy or you're too apathetic to deal with it. Stop complaining about it and solve the problem. Take the duct tape off and be the sheriff in your home and solve the problem. Amen? Now, the other thing that a sheriff does, like fathers on a, on a spiritual level, we're called to be the head of the home. We're called to be the spiritual hedge of protection over the home. That means that we stand out in front of our family. That means that we engage in war with the enemy when he tries to attack our home. Man, listen to me. Don't put your spiritual responsibility to be the high priest of your home onto your wife. Okay? It's not her job to stand in the gap. And be a spiritual covering over your home. It's your responsibility as a man in scripture to be the spiritual covering over your home. It's your responsibility to wage war in in a spiritual warfare kind of way over your family and for your family to protect them against the attacks of the enemy. When you see your child drifting off in the left field spiritually, it's your job as a father to go to bat spiritually for them and to wage war against the enemy for the life and the soul of your child. We don't put that responsibility off on our wives. They pray with us, but as men, we are the covering. Amen? Now listen, there, there, I know there's, there's going to be seasons where we get tired. There's going to be seasons where the enemy's going to hit us because to stand up in front means that you're going to take the brunt of the blows spiritually as a father. I get that because as pastor of this church, I experience spiritual warfare on a level that someone who casually attends this church can't even dream of because the enemy knows that if he can affect me as a pastor, if he can affect me as a shepherd of this church, he can affect this entire church. And the same thing works at a home because he knows 
knows that if he can affect the, the priest of the home, he can affect the entire home. So he's going to hit you harder, men. He's going to try to frustrate you more. He's going to see you worn out at work and then turn on the heat and pressure and try to get you to tap out. There's going to be trouble at home. There's going to be trouble in your marriage. There's going to be trouble with the children. And the enemy's going to try to get you to quit. But don't you step away. You stand up and you keep your place and you keep your watch over your family, okay? Don't you walk away from the post that God has called you to just because it's hard. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul's writing for a moment just like this when we reach those seasons in our life. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Okay, is the day of evil going to come? Absolutely. It says right here, there's going to be days of evil that will come. So we put on the full armor of God so that we can stand our ground. But look at this. After you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Everybody say stand firm. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all. Everybody say all. All, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Paul says, listen, there are going to be seasons in life when evil is going to attack you and you're just going to have bad days. Sometimes you're going to have bad months. Sometimes you're going to have a string of bad months put together. Listen, as men, we cannot run from our post just because it gets hard. When times get rough, we're supposed to lean in to our relationship with God, stand in his strength, and find a way to not just stand against evil, but to stand firm, to dig in our feet, to tighten up our bootstraps, to put on our big boy pants, and look the enemy in the eye and say, I don't care what you throw at me and I don't care what you throw at my family I'm not going to move from the position that God has called me to every time you try to pick on my family you've got to come through me right here because I'm the head of my home I'm the spiritual priest of my home and I am the spiritual covering of my family and I'll be doggone if you're going to come through me without a fight I'm going to stand my ground you can shoot all the arrows at me that you want to baby I'll fight you in the shade because I know that the war, the, the shield of the word of God will extinguish every arrow that you shoot at me and I'll come at you with a sword of the spirit all day long. I'll fight for my family because I am a man of God. Amen? Give God some praise in the house this morning. A father is a sheriff. He's called to protect his family. He's called to protect his family. And the last role that a father <clears throat> operates in that I want to talk about today is how a father is a servant. <clears throat> a lot of men like to jump up and beat their chest and say, yeah. The Bible says that I am the head of the house. That doesn't mean you're better than anybody else. Women, that doesn't mean that you're less than. That means that as husbands and wives, we lead in the eyes of God together as equals 
but in different roles. The woman's role in the home spiritually looks very different than a man's role in the home. A father is called to be a servant. Because to be the head of the home means that you are to be the servant of the home. Men, we got to make sure that we're serving our families. That we're serving our children. That we're serving our wives. That we're putting them before ourselves. You know, when the Bible talks about a husband's role in the home, it says that a husband's supposed to love his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Men, we're called to give ourselves, not just to our wives, but to our children, to serve them and put them first. Not to walk around and go, I'm the boss of this house, everybody, but no, to find ways to serve them. And let them know how much you love them. To let them know how much you care about them. To let them know that you're honoring them and you're putting them first the same way that Jesus put us first and humbled himself. See, her, servanthood means that we deny ourselves and we put the needs of others before our own. And that's the example that Jesus set for us as men. To deny ourselves, put the needs of our family before our own. See, that's why we get up and we go to work when we don't want to. That's why we get up and we go to church when we're tired because we worked all week. But we want to serve our family and set an example for them what a man of God is supposed to look like. That's why when we want to open our mouths and prove to our wives why she's wrong, we shut our mouths and we operate in spiritual maturity and we come back to her and approach her in a motive of love to resolve the situation. That's why when our kids are aggravating us, that's why when we're frustrated and we're trying to correct a behavior problem in our children, we don't respond out of anger. We back up and we find a way to serve them in love and find a way to correct the behavior out of a motive of love instead of anger. We're called to serve. That means we put others' needs before our own. Jesus was a perfect example of what a servant should look like. And really, when you think about it, Jesus was really the perfect example of what a father should look like. Because he perfectly reflected the heart of his father to us. And he gave us the perfect example of his father to us. When he came to this earth, he came to be a student. To learn what it was like to be you and me. He was a disciple of his father. Everywhere he went, he said, I only say what I hear the father tell me to say. And I only do what I hear the Father tell me to do. He abode in the word of God and in the presence of God. He even said, Father, at one point he said, I pray that they become one. Just like you and I are one. He was a student of the word. Jesus was 
uh, busy constructing not just the church, but the people around him. He was constantly pouring into people, giving us his word and his instruction to help guide us and equip us. He gave us his Holy Spirit to help guide us and walk with us along the way, to convict us and to hold us accountable, but to build us up also into the person that God has called us to be. He acts like a sheriff too because he's our protector. He went to war for us when we couldn't go to war for ourselves. He defeated the enemy, took back the authority and the power and set us free from sin. He protected us. He still protects us today. The Bible says that he's sitting right next to God on the throne, interceding for us right now. Constantly covering his family with protection and love. Jesus set the example as a servant. He said the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He set the example in servanthood by how he lived his life. He set the example in servanthood by going to the cross to die for our sins. Jesus is the perfect example of what a father should look like. Every role that a man should operate in, Jesus operated in to show us that it could be done. Now, in our own strength, guys, I know this, and, and ladies too, in our own strength, we're probably going to find a way to mess that up. Okay, We're going to come short of that. I don't think anybody in this room or anybody watching online has figured out how to be perfect all the time just yet. Might be able to string together a few days or maybe even a few months of getting stuff right, but we have a way of messing things up. That's why we need God's grace to cover us. But I do know this. That as we lean into our relationship with God and we make sure that we're building who we are as a father out of the word of God, abiding in the presence of God, that he will equip us and he will come through where we fall short. And he'll fill in those gaps for us and he'll give us the strength that we need to stand and he'll give us the power that we need to operate in. Fathers, you're the best when you are right with God. He gives you what you need. He gives you what you need. Everybody in the house, if you will, stand with me this morning.